This episode of Brand Meat Creator Podcast is brought to you by Notch, the world's first Instagram insurance. Nowadays, even two-factor authentication isn't a true fail-safe. Notch covers the most critical components to keep your online business safe, not only providing additional security alerts and working to retrieve your account if you're hacked, but also protecting loss of income with an immediate payout each day you're hacked. You know we at Brand Meat Creator Podcast believe in treating your influence like a business, and this is the best way to protect that business. Head to the show notes to get a quote today. Welcome to Brand Meat Creator Podcast with me, Harley Jordan, and Sonia Elise. A place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry. So pull up a chair and grab a notebook. It's time to shed some light on the ever-changing Instaverse. Today, we have Kristen Bousquet here on deck for a little interview. She is a Charlotte-based content creator and influencer coach at Your Social Mate with a goal of educating entrepreneurial creators on how to turn their online influence into a profitable, self-sustaining business through her podcast, community Facebook group, and coaching programs. She wants creators to learn how to be successful digital business owners while keeping the soul in social media. She is here to discuss building a kick-butt personal brand that actually creates influence through authenticity, her multiple streams of income, and how to be a stellar brand partner. Let's kick it off with Kristen's If You Like It, Like It. What are you liking on the internet right now? Tell us. So I have been binge-watching videos of people doing ceramics. <laughs> like, it's so <laughs> random. I don't know how I got down that hole, but like... Watching people, they like throw the clay on the wheel and just like making something crazy out of a lump of clay. And, and now you're like, taking a 12 week course. I literally <laughs> signed up for a ceramics class after watching them. <laughs> 12 I do weeks indeed. <laughs> I do indeed read your content. Wow, that's nice. Someone does. That's good. <laughs> I saw you on the ceramics date and I was like, that's so cute. I I'm literally it. like obsessed with it. I, I watched so many videos and then I was like, I need internet. Where do I find where I can do this? Like, and I'm, I'm loving it. It's so much fun. It's very hard though. It looks a lot more satisfying and easy than it actually is. <laughs> <laughs> did wow. you come across this on Instagram or TikTok? TikTok. Of course. course. One of those random things that just like shows up on your FYP. (laughs) Yup. I think I did get one of those one time where the, this girl was doing, um, and it was like this big thing. She's like, I'm doing two pounds of clay or something like that. Like she was learning how to do a way bigger pot. And I was entranced watching her do it for like 10 minute video. Her arms like all the way inside. I was like, don't break it. I was like, I literally do not give a shit about this, but here I I am fully invested. It's honestly, it's very mesmerizing. I know. (laughs) Yeah, it's honestly, it's just so much harder than it looks. So I have, I have so much respect for these people that just like do it like it's nothing. (laughs) Well, if you like it, like it. We are welcoming Kristen here today, and I am so excited to have this chat because she is my mega girl crush currently. Um, so let's jump right in. Why did you even start on social media? When was this? Give us the timeline. Okay, first of all, it's so funny because I feel like you're my girl crush, so... Ah, get out of here. I love it. <laughs> um, I love it. So yeah, I got started, I feel like, so long ago. Um, I had a blog back in 2008. It was called Stylish and Sequins, 
and I, oh, I love that. cringe. I cringe every time I hear it. Um, I literally used to have my mom take photos of me, like, in my backyard and, like, you know, my Hollister, like, get-ups and everything. Oh, my God. I mean, Hollister's, like, cool again. Um, mm, I was in, like, eighth grade, so I don't know how old that is. It was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I just wanted to have like some sort of an outlet. I really loved fashion, which I guess nothing I was actually wearing was really fashionable now that I'm looking back at all of it. Um, but it just honestly progressed over time. Like then I went over to, you know, like MySpace and then Facebook and Instagram. And I kind of just like uh-huh. migrated with all of the platforms. Um, and I definitely found that once I was on Instagram, I started to actually build like a legit community. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, it just kind of blossomed from there. Once I realized that I was building this community that like, I actually had people who cared about what I was sharing. I mm-hmm. started to like make money here and there really small things. I was like, maybe I'm on to something here. So Honestly, it just started with me and my little blog, and I've just been kind of riding the wave ever since. Wow. Have you had I, – I don't mean to say real job, but you understand what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a real job? Um. Yes. So – Again, I've I've had quite the entrepreneurial journey. Um, I I've worked some retail jobs and stuff. I, I worked at Sephora for a long time, and I found that I really liked doing makeup. And so I was also like starting a little photography business at the same time. So I would do people's mm-hmm. makeup, and then I would you know like go take their photos. And eventually, I left Sephora and I opened my own like traveling um, hair and makeup business, and we did hair makeup and wow. photography. Yeah, I I started that business in 2015. And then by 2019, I actually sold it and then moved down to Charlotte, North Carolina. So I haven't like picked up a a makeup brush in a really long time or anything. But I sometimes I really miss it. Wow, that's crazy. So you've had this whole creative journey. Like you are not an office girl. (laughs) No, like literally, I can't I can't do it. Literally, no. (laughs) Okay, but how long have you had the pink hair? I think I've had it for five years now. But before Mm -hmm. that, I experimented with like every color. I had purple, blue, I had some like, orange and yellow and pink all at the same time. And I don't know, I just kept going back to the pink. So I haven't really changed it now. But it also feels like it's my identity. And if I changed it, people would like, be really worried. Like, is she okay? (laughs) What's happening? Like, I'm getting married next month with pink hair. Because again, like, I'm, I feel weird without colored hair. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, fun fact is that um, Kristen and I have worked together for multiple years. We actually considered her for a cast because of the pink hair. Yeah. So that is like how we initially found her for a hair care company. They wanted people that had like lots of different styles. And of course, it's easy to find blondes and brunettes, but they wanted yeah. people with specifically like <laughs> colorful, <laughs> colorful, color treated hair. And that yeah. was multiple years ago. And I think we're on like campaign like six or something together yeah. now for the same client. <laughs> I, I love working with you guys too, honestly, Thank but it's you. so crazy. Like, I really do think that the pink hair is something that gets me a lot of jobs because everyone, you know, like wants something that's a little outside the box. And people I feel like now 
I get a lot of emails of people, we want bright, we want colorful. And mm-hmm. I mean, you can get bright and colorful with your outfits, but like when it's the hair too, I feel like it's just kind of, you know, additional. So I really do feel like it honestly gets me a lot of my jobs. So I'm not changing it. <laughs> so you're telling me that the pastel pink that I've been considering for years is something that I it. should do to make money. Do it. Hmm. Yeah, it's a business expense. <laughs> it is a business yeah, expense. Yeah, it is. We love so, it. This this is a really good conversation um, because what I really appreciate from your account is really that you are a personal brand through and through. And I feel like you put out such authenticity and thoroughly branded content. And it just seems like you degaff like what anyone thinks because it's you and you are your niche. And that's that. And I kind of gush over everything because of that. So is that degaff energy something that you're actually having in your brain or is it a whole like I don't know is it yeah. has it been a journey? Yeah, I mean it's I mean, it's definitely been a journey. Like at first it was I've gone through so many just like trial and error phases of trying to feel it, figure out like what feels right for me as right. a creator. And again, I've been doing this a long enough time that I've been settled into what works for me for a little bit mm. now, so I think it's easy for people to look and be like, oh, she's so well-branded. But I definitely didn't just, like, get there one day, and you know, in a, in a flash. It was definitely a long process. I don't know. I mean, for me, like, I've, I feel like the content that I put out and everything that I do, whether it's, like, the actual copy, the visuals, whatever it is, it's just I'm doing what feels right for me. Like, I'm doing right. what feels very authentic to me. And so, like, if people like it, that's awesome. And I feel like I get a lot more positivity than I do negativity. So, you know, like the people that once in a blue moon do come through and have something to say, it's so easy for me to kind of like brush it off my shoulders because I think there's so much good that I get. Mm -hmm. So it, you know, like it kind of balances it out. You really have so much going on with, you know, the photography, you show off, you know, you had a reel of come with me to get a tattoo, come with me to do X, Y, and Z and shoot content. And here's brand partnership tips. And how do you pull together the recipe that is your account? Yeah, I honestly struggle with this. So it's it's interesting to hear people from the outside sometimes say like, oh my gosh, you do it so well. And I'm like, okay, good. That like confirms <laughs> all of my like <laughs> doubts that I have in my, in my own head. Um, I don't know. For me, like I think about what's my main goal and my goal really is Mm -hmm. to just work with other women to really teach them how to like live a life that they're excited about, live a life of freedom, of like being able to take their passion and actually like make a living out of it. And so I think I can weave a lot of different types of content into that Mm -hmm. mission. So like in my opinion, I think it all starts with like a creator having a really good mission statement And making it really clear when a brand comes to their page or when even like potential followers come to their page, this is what I'm all about. And you're going to get that in a bunch of different ways. And it's nice, too, because it doesn't box me in so much. And I can kind of like if if one day I want to share something about my plants, I can. But like I can weave it into like maybe self-care and then that's contributing towards, again, like my mission. So Mm -hmm. as long as it can contribute towards my mission at the end of the day, I usually feel like it's okay to post. (laughs) I struggle with the exact same thing where I'm like, okay, 
I am a coach first and foremost. That is where the majority of my income is coming from. And then whenever, you know, sales are low or I'm struggling with that and I'm like, I just can't, I, it's a whole crisis because I want to help people. And when I'm not getting sales, I'm like, I can't help people if they don't show up, if they don't (laughs) like join my whatever. Um, and yeah. having those multiple streams of income is always such a godsend. And it always kicks me into shape where I'm like, oh, wait, this is why I do this. Not to have, you know, 1,200 people join my program, but to right. have a brand that feels like me where I can do the collabs, do whatever else, do the coaching, do all of it in one. Yeah. And I mean, I think when you're being authentic, that's easy. You know what I mean? Like if you're someone who's putting on this big front of like everything has to be a certain way and I have to portray this image, I think it's that's so much harder than just like Mm -hmm. putting out stuff that feels right for you. You know, like I I think it's actually easier to be authentic. Absolutely. 100%. And I think it just like it shows through. And that's why people that's why you're getting more positivity than negativity at the end of the day, because you are showing up as yourself. And it allows other people to show up as themselves without like shame or feeling like a negative way around your account. So it's a great lesson for people to learn. Um, I really wanted to back up a little bit, though, on something that Harley mentioned. And when we wanted to have you on the podcast, it's one thing that I mentioned as well, which is like multiple streams of income. Because at the end of the day, it's not like you're an account that has 500k followers, right? But you have a full time business, you are living, you know, a lovely life. And you seem to be financially stable and like really enjoying the journey that you're on. And I think that is a place that a lot of creators want to be in and they feel like they can only do it through sponsored posts. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, the real ticket is that you've been able to diversify the type of offerings that you give. So if you can go in a little bit more on what are those various streams of income and even like how you decided to like launch the podcast and offer multiple things, that would be, I think, really helpful for for listeners. Yeah, I mean, I think having being able to like diversify your income is pretty much mandatory for any creator, I think. It it would be really yeah. scary, I think, to survive just off sponsored posts cuz you just never know so when your next job is coming in or if your mm-hmm. next job is coming in and like you can save all of the money in the world. Yeah, that's fine, but like you never know when something unexpected is going to come up and then what if you don't have any jobs coming like it's it's more of a safety net to just have options that you can fall back on. I definitely have some months where it's really slow with sponsored posts, but it, my social mate business is booming. So it, it definitely balances out and it's helpful um, to make me not get super anxious every month when I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, how am I going to pay my bills? You know, like I have that security blanket. For me, I started social mate basically because I was realizing I was getting a lot of people who were asking me all of the same questions. And I said to myself, okay, well, if they're coming to me and asking me all the same things, that must mean that they think I have the answers to all of these things. And they're choosing (laughs) to come to me and that, you know, that says something. So I essentially like tried to gather all of those questions that I was getting and, and figure out, okay, so like, what is the big problem here? And the big problem was that creators don't know what the hell they're doing because there's just not Mm. enough information out there. And it's a very confusing, scary world to, you know, quit your job and and be an influencer. Any kind of freelance. Like, I think think that's not clear enough is that 
influencing yeah. is a freelance entrepreneurial effort. <laughs> exactly. You it's so it's unstable at the end of the day. Um, yeah. So we ended up starting Social Me in September of 2020. Um, and honestly, I've just kind of like started small and just started to add on things as time went on. We started off with literally just one-on-one coaching calls. I would just do like, you know, a 30-minute call or a one-hour call. And then on those calls, I learned that, again, I was getting the exact same questions and I spent the Mm -hmm. same hours, you know, like Mm -hmm. saying the same script basically over Mm -hmm. and over again. So that's when I realized, okay, if I could put all of these into video content, then they could just watch the video and then ask me questions after. That is not me just teaching the exact same thing. So then we transitioned to like more of a course mentorship kind of, um, you know, format. Then from there, I realized that I was spending so much time on -on one-on-one calls that I had no time to do any of my other work. (laughs) And then again, you know, I needed to make sure that I was keeping up with the brands I was working with, you know, all my sponsored stuff as well. So I was trying to balance all of that. And I realized I needed to cut down on the amount of one-on-one stuff that I was doing. So we actually just recently in the last few months transitioned over to like a membership format. And honestly, it's my favorite thing we've ever done. And it's, it's the most convenient, but also the most valuable because they have access to me and all of my resources, but they also have access to our whole community. So sometimes like if I don't answer something immediately, someone else will go in there and give an answer as well. So like, I almost have this group of people to kind of fall back on, but I'm also able to like, spend so much more time preparing really great resources and things like that, because I have more time now that I'm not on calls 24 seven. Um, so I've I've just kind of transitioned and learned throughout running my business. Um, and then we started the podcast last October. And that was really just because I honestly just really wanted to start a podcast. <laughs> We're not monetizing just yet. Um, I'm still I'm actually in a program right now where I'm learning about monetizing podcasts. Um, so my goal right now is basically just to have people funnel through the podcast into our membership. But at the end of the day, I'm not necessarily doing ads just yet there. Um, but that is something that, again, will be another form of income in the next few months, hopefully. So just evolving and kind of learning where you can kind of make more income and also like what's passive income, I think, is the best thing. Right. Like we have ebooks and in templates and things like that on our Etsy shop where I upload them once and then I don't have to touch them, but I get a check from, you know, Etsy every month. So wherever I can find opportunities for passive income too, I'm always trying to take advantage of those. I resonate so heavily with everything that you just said, that whole (laughs) journey of going through the motions of, you know, soul searching and figuring out how to do one-on-one, how to like, what questions are the most frequently asked, all of that. Yeah. One thing that stood out to me as you're speaking, you keep saying we. Tell me about your team. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I will be honest, I do a majority of the work because I am a control freak to a T (laughs) and I really, I never feel like anyone is going to do it the Mm. way that I want it done. So even when I have other people help me with things, I always have to go over them myself because I'm crazy. But (laughs) it's mostly me. I also have a VA who does a lot of kind of more of the tedious work, like uploading our podcast. She does our show notes. Um, She'll make graphics for me and things like that, that 
I can feel comfortable passing off to someone else. Um, and then I also have a podcast producer who, who does all of our editing as well. Again, something that I'm, I think he does a better job at it than I do. So that's something I'm really happy to pass off. <laughs> Shout out to Upstarter. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, finding where your weaknesses are and then hiring people that are really good at those things, I think is honestly a really great way to have a thriving business because you spend three hours trying to figure out how to edit a podcast when someone else could edit it in 30 minutes. Like, yeah, you know, paying someone that money gives you three hours back. And, and that's valuable yep. time that you can go do something you are good at. Um, that's something I've learned this year. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a quick break to talk about my new weekly challenges. Whether you have 200 followers or 200K followers, we all have the same dilemmas. How to continue feeling inspired within your niche, how to make your community feel connected, and how to do it all with your busy schedule. For only $4 a month, I'll be sending the same advice I provide my all-influence management clients straight to your phone. Head to the show notes to sign up before this upcoming Wednesday to be included in our next challenge. What was your big alarm moment where you were like, I need to hire someone. I need to have a team. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, this year for me is when I started hiring out and outsourcing. I I really was hesitant to do it because, again, like I was just so nervous that it wasn't going to get done the way I wanted to. But I realized at the end of last year just how much I was like overworking myself and how much time I was spending on things that I was like, you're not good at this. You're not doing it efficiently. Like, give it to someone who can do it faster and better. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so I finally, beginning of this year, just said, like, let's try it out. If it doesn't work, that's fine. I'll go back to doing everything myself. But I'm I'm thankful that I have hired the right people yeah. and it has worked out so far. So that's, that's a yeah. plus. <laughs> From another A-type person that I, I don't know if I'd consider myself a control freak, but definitely A-type when it comes to my business. I think the best thing is to realize that like, you're right. No one will ever do it the way that you're going to do it. But like just knowing it <laughs> and going into it and be like, that's yeah. okay. Like I may have done it differently. At least giving them like the first draft takes that portion off yeah. of your plate. And to me, that helps me get to the final version so much faster. Like letting someone else build the influencer list, letting somebody else put together yeah. the first time scope of work. And then I just go back and edit it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't done the exact way I was going to do it, but it takes time for people to, you know, learn how you do things. Yeah. And finding a second of yourself like will never exist. So the more we start to release the reins, like the more we can grow, which I see in your future. Yeah. I'm glad you're testing it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you're going down that road. I'm, I'm really glad too. And I've actually been thinking about this more and more recently, trying to look at my workload and ask myself again, mm -hmm. okay, so we outsourced all of that easier stuff. Like what's some of the harder stuff or the more you know, like personal stuff that like answering emails and things like that, that maybe I can hand off to someone else. And so that's where I'm at right now. I'm just trying to kind of analyze what I can hand off. Because again, like mm -hmm. I would like to spend more time doing the things that I personally need to do. And again, like the things that I'm better at than other things. So one of my favorite pieces of content from you was a reel that had text over the top that something that said something along the lines of I don't think you should worry about oversaturation because oh, yeah. at the end of the day people won't make it. A lot of girls will jump into this for the free stuff 
the free clothes and they will never lean into this this multiple streams of income thing that you really need to be a really successful creator. So what is your advice to people from the get-go that are just jumping into this world? Yeah. Funny that you bring up that reel because I think I'm doing ceramics in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I mean, I was, you know, with that reel, I was basically just saying, you know, like, there are so many creators that are getting started, but they go into it thinking that it's so glamorous and that there's not really that much hard work behind it. And so I would say for people that are just getting started, I think you need to know that this is a literal business. Like, it's not just a job. It's an actual business that you're most likely going to be running by yourself. So you have to go into it yeah. knowing this is not going to be quick and easy. There's almost never instant gratification. You have to like no. work on things very long term and put in a lot of time and energy and effort. There's going to be so many situations where maybe you want to, you know, like you're ready to clock out for the day, but like you have to shoot content and you know, there's a lot yeah. of long days where you're going to have to work really hard. So I think going into it with the mindset of like, it's going to be really difficult right now, but it'll get easier as things go on. Um, and as you build, you know, your business up, but you have to go into it now knowing it is literally going to be so far from easy and quick. And, you know, you see those People that post, oh, I gained 20,000 followers in, in one week. And I, I hate seeing that stuff because it kind of sets people up to think like, oh, cool. Well, I want to be an influencer. I can just like post a couple videos and I'll gain 20,000 followers, right? You know, like it <sighs> makes it seem like such a quick it's and easy not ride. a business. Yeah. Mm -mm. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That's so true. And what I think is very interesting about that is that I know so many people that did do that. And you know what? Their story views are trash. Mm -hmm. Can they pivot into anything else? Yeah. No, they can't. Or they're making zero money in general because they didn't have the systems built up from the get-go. And I right. think what what that showcases is, you know, it does take soul searching. It does take some very strategic business moves and trial and error experimentation to make this work. It's not a snap of the fingers and I'm an influencer right. and getting free stuff all the time. Yep. Slow and steady over viral growth and any day. Mm -hmm. slow, and, slow and steady wins the race. We've had it that way forever. So yeah, you know, it's crazy. Like I, I think about this all the time and, and this is something in any of my like coaching options that I offer. I always tell people I'm not going to teach you how to grow on Instagram or how to grow on TikTok. I'll teach you how to build a brand. And if growth comes along with that, then good for you. But then like, great. it's almost, yeah, like <laughs> it's not just about gaining followers. Like just because you have a mm -hmm. hundred thousand followers doesn't mean you have a business. Doesn't mean you're going to make a penny. Like <laughs> it's, not it's, at all. It's such a glamorous world from the outside. But again, like people don't realize like it's not that cut and dry and that simple. For sure. Yep. So for the people that are looking to put in the work and get started with brands, what is your biggest piece of advice for Doing work that will make a brand book you over and over. Clearly, Sonia wants you for every campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I think being a good 
partner. And I mean, that could mean so many different things. But one of the Mm -hmm. things that I hear, I'll give you like my feedback based on what I've heard from brands that have hired me multiple times is just like, you're so easy to work with. And Mm -hmm. I make sure that like when I am working with brands, I'm looking at the creative briefs and I'm following them exactly to a T. I'm taking Mm -hmm. notes. I'm you know, I'm making my own spreadsheet saying exactly what I need to remember for when I'm shooting something. But I'm also making sure that I deliver on time, deliver in a very organized manner, that everything is labeled and in folders so that Mm -hmm. they can find things easily. Um, I make sure that I'm even providing extras so that if there's something that needs to be tweaked a little, maybe there's another image or another Mm -hmm. video that, you know, kind of fulfills what they what they needed Mm -hmm. in those changes yeah so I mean I really just try and make it as easy as possible and as convenient as possible when working with me and honestly I feel like for creators that maybe don't even create the best content in the world I think being a good brand partner will give you a leg up over someone who maybe does create the best content ever but is like not a great communicator and makes it really difficult to work with the brand because Because then it just, you know, you have to think about it like most of these agencies or even, you know, influencer campaign managers at brands are going to be reporting to someone higher up. So like if you can make them look good to their boss and make it really an easy Mm -hmm. process for them, they're going to want to work with you again because now their boss is happy and they look really good too. Right. I can vouch for everything, the advice that Krista is giving, she walks that walk. She does always like label everything. She also always says she reads the brief. She always says like, (laughs) what about this question before she shoots it? Like always on time. And if it's not going to be on time, she always emails us beforehand to let us know. Like I, that is why I have always hired her multiple times. And I have to say, I don't think I've ever even negotiated on her rate because I want to give her a hundred percent of the money. (laughs) that she yeah. asked for because she's always so she's always so good so that I appreciate she's like, that yep. <laughs> just goes to show you and I was like I'd rather have her in the campaign and like go over budget than like have to go find something new that I'm gonna have to yeah. struggle with like that it goes it runs that deep yeah well. <laughs> right I mean also at Honestly. that point you can go to bat for her mm-hmm. and be like hey you know what she's gonna show up with extra yeah. content she's gonna show up with options she's gonna read the brief and you have that backing to go to the brand and yeah you know make moves right I mean it's important for creators to think like this is a 50 50 partnership a brand is hiring you because you're a service provider so it's just like running yes. any other business like if you ran a restaurant you would want someone to come in and have a really good experience when they, you know, get right. in the restaurant and from the waiters and, you know, all different aspects of the business. What There's nothing different about being an influencer. Like you want to just have a five-star experience with every brand that you work with. And again, like even if there's ever any like lacking of your content, which again, like if you're a good content creator, hopefully that doesn't happen. But like you being a good brand partner, I think will still make a brand say, you know, mm-hmm. like it's okay that content was still great, but I really just like working with this person. Sure. Yeah, so that's a good topic too. How do you handle these low engagement blues? <laughs> you know, <laughs> honestly, I feel like I, I'm on this mental health journey and like that is just not we'll helping at all. 
<laughs> my mood like directly correlates with my engagement and it really is something I'm trying to not have happen. I don't know. I mean like it, it sucks because you want to put out content that you really love and that you mm-hmm. really, you know, like love creating and everything and that you think people are going to really like. But then it bombs and then you're like, okay, well, I'm never going to do that again. So like, it's so easy to get in your head. But like, I at the at the end of the day, I'm just telling myself, I'm still getting jobs. Brands are Mm -hmm. still, you know, coming to work with me, even if it's just for content that I don't really care what my engagement looks like, you know, so Mm -hmm. I I just kind of keep telling myself like, it's okay. You're still getting jobs. The second you're not getting jobs anymore, then we should probably we'll figure start it out. worrying. <laughs> but at least we have our other income to worry, you know, to right. lean on at that point. And so, like, when when times are low engagement, it's mm-hmm. nice to have something to fall back on just in case things are a little bit slow with sponsored stuff. So out of curiosity, lately, have your rates decreased because of your engagement? Um, because engagement's dropping in total, I'm not calling you out. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I know. Um, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I'm a little bit more open to like negotiating more, yeah. but I still start my rates at the same point because it's not like I'm putting in any less effort. I'm doing exactly so the true. same amount of work. <laughs> Nothing is changing with what my responsibilities are. Um, if anything, I'm actually working a lot harder to get people over to that post. So I don't yeah. change my rates. Um, but again, I am a little bit more willing to negotiate on sponsored mm-hmm. stuff because I know that it's not necessarily guaranteed to look like I want it to. <laughs> right. To actually hit those views that yeah. you're accustomed to. This has right. been a whole huge mental battle for me lately because <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, it's the same. It's the same amount of work, but Instagram. Right. Jeez. What is your preferred platform? Um, you po- know, Podcast included. Podcast. I think you're, you're on Pinterest too, right? Yeah, I'm, I think I'm everywhere. I think, I mean, my, right now my podcast is absolutely my favorite thing um, because I don't even care what the numbers look like. I just show up every week and have a blast. So mm-hmm. um, for mental health purposes, I think my podcast is my favorite, but between <laughs> all the platforms, um, I don't know. I think Instagram will always have like a soft spot in my heart because like it was really where I built my community and I really do still think I have the strongest community there. It's easier to build a community, I think, on Instagram, not following, but an actual like loyal community, community because, yeah. yeah, we have stories. We have like DMs that people actually use. I don't really feel like mm-hmm. anyone uses DMs on TikTok. Um, mm-hmm. So I have so much like stronger connections with individual people on Instagram, but I like the no pressure feel of TikTok. Like, I don't ever give a shit what I post on TikTok, ever. <laughs> I'm just like, nah. I literally posted a video of me, like, spinning around in my chair the other day, talking to one of those little microphones, and I was like, nah, whatever, I'll post it, who cares? But I would never on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> never. <laughs> um, okay, so to wrap it up, I would love to know what has been your most successful brand partnership, even if it didn't mean, like, successful numbers-wise, but, like, why was it a success? And you don't have to say the brand, but just like give us a feeling of what people should be looking for that feels like success when it comes to a partnership. And then also what's your most like ick this year in a partnership? What was your biggest ick this year? Okay. So I would say I'm working with a brand where I'm doing content creation for them on their TikTok. And I would consider it a success because they have given me full 
reign. You know, they're literally like, mm. you take the wheel, do your thing. And I really love that because that says that what I'm doing is something that they really like and that they enjoy, that they're willing to like, I don't send them drafts. I don't tell them when I'm posting. Like I have their login for their account and I straight up go in and cool. there and post when it feels right. Um, So I really love that because they've been hiring me month over month, you know, and again, like I have just so much freedom and flexibility to try things out, see what works, um, and then do more of what is working. So I love having that creative control and freedom. And again, like that signals to me that they like what I'm doing. So I consider that a success. Um, Ooh, I would as well. And also, let's just uh, say that brands should be listening to this because that is definitely the future of TikTok is having partners with multiple yeah. people that you trust that can just dive in on content creation on your behalf. If you'd like to be successful on TikTok mm-hmm. as right. a brand, adopt that strategy stat. Yeah. I think just like any other artists, yeah, like creators, if you give them freedom, like they will do a better job than if you have like the most specific guidelines. Because sometimes you're like feeling so boxed in, you know, my biggest ick. I feel like I've actually had um, a couple really icky situations this year. Um, I had one brand that I was working with. It was probably the worst collaboration I've ever done. And I feel like I have PTSD from it. Um, Mm -hmm. They gave me a creative brief. I followed the brief to a T because, you know, like we said, I'm I'm over here writing notes. Like I've got Mm -hmm. spreadsheets for every partnership. I know that I followed it perfectly and I shot all of the content and they were like, we love the quality of the content, but, and then they added in a bunch of stuff to the brief, like afterwards they were like, but we actually want this, this, and this. And I was like, well, no, because you gave me the guidelines. I followed the guidelines and here's what you asked for. You can't change your mind after I've already shot the content to change your idea that your concept. So I actually ended up having to go back and forth with them for so long to get them to understand where I was coming from. And mind you, this of course happens on a shoot that is just so in depth. Like I had I had to blow up like pool toys and we had a bubble <laughs> machine going like this was a whole giant project. Oh, no. And I had to do it over again. But that was a good experience for me to go through because I I really had to hardcore like stand up for myself in this situation mm-hmm. and really tell them like I'm not doing it again for free. If you want me to do it again for free, give me a new brief and I will give you a new rate and then we will go from there and basically start right. over. And so mm-hmm. that's what we ended up doing. I was absolutely not about to redo everything for free, especially with such a labor intensive shoot, but it's a good lesson to learn, you know, to be able to stand up for yourself as a creator and like don't let brands take advantage of you because so many of them try. It's infuriating. All right. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us, for joining us, for being such a good Tell us where to find you. Yes. Give us all (laughs) of the info. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, You can find me pretty much everywhere at KBOUSQ, um, KBOUSQ. And the podcast is called Social Scoop. It's S-O-U-L, Social Scoop. And then my business (laughs) is called Your Social Me. Um, We actually used to have an Instagram and then it got hacked and deleted. So now you can just find me on KBOUSQ. (laughs) It was a blessing in disguise. It's fine, honestly. (laughs) Two IG accounts is no, 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 it's too much. It's too much. (laughs) It took a lot off my plate. (laughs) 
Well, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you so much for coming and listening to this episode of Brand Meet Creator. You can find Kristen in the show notes and we will catch you next time. 